Good morning. Welcome to Grace City Online. My name is David Hederman. I'm the teaching pastor here. Thank you so much for joining us online and being a part of our community during this Advent season. During Advent, we celebrate when Jesus, God the Son, took on flesh and came into this world. With his birth, we celebrate the arrival of hope, love, joy, and peace for a humanity that so desperately needs to see it and needs to experience it. You know, when Jesus came into this world, he entered a world that was full of conflict and bitterness and violence and disease and hostility and greed and lust for power. It sounds so similar to what we see in our world today. But what made and makes Jesus compelling is that with his life and ministry, he showed the the true inverted nature of things. What I mean by that, he showed us that a great life was not a life of of pride and riches and power, but a, a great life was a life of humility and devotion to the Lord that leads to a life of love and service for others. The ministry of Jesus was serving a sinful humanity by making a way for sins to be forgiven and lives to be welcomed into the family and into the kingdom of God. And as people are drawn to Jesus to put their hope in him, to put their trust in him, then their lives, our lives, are transformed by his love and by his grace as he calls us to live for him and to live for his kingdom. And so it's why the advent, the arrival of Jesus in this world, it's why that sparks hope and, and, and love and joy and peace because of who he is, all that he has done, and all that he calls us into. So the book of 1 John, where the Apostle John is writing a letter to a group of churches that are facing a common problem. They they have a similar problem. There were false teachers that had worked their way into the church, that had corrupted the community, and were leading them to forget so much of who Jesus was, what he had done, and what he had called them into. These false teachers made the church not be able to function. They were claiming to know God, yet they were failing to love him. They were claiming to know God, yet they were failing to love one another. And so John writes to expose these false teachers. He writes to expose them and to call the church back to the truth and, and, and to, the, to the truth of, of their calling, to the truth of who Jesus is. And so with that, John hits the reset button. He hits the, the reset button on the ministry and calling of the church. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 12, John specifically resets their understanding and practice of the doctrine of God's love. Now, as you look back over 2020, and we can see that it's been a year that's been so full of conflict, bitterness, division, and hostility. I think it would be helpful for us to hit the reset button as well. I think it would be helpful for us to hit the reset button and again see the church come back to help us know and understand and see once again the love that God has shown to us in Jesus with his advent and to know and be reset, to come back, to be reset again, to to see the love that God calls us to express in a world that still needs to see a godly love in action. So let's, let's go there. Let's experience this with John. Go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 12. And we're going to see in, in these first two verses that we read together, um, one, of, one of the first reasons for why uh, Christians, for why we should love one another, for why we should be a, a people uh, known for our love. Let's look at it. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another. Why? For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So first reason we should be a people who love, the first reason that we should love is because love comes from God. 
Love is originated by God, right? He is its source. He is love's creator. And so here's the deal. If we, if we claim to know our creator, want, want, to, want to follow our creator, then we're going to model after him. We're going to follow his example. And so we are to be a people who love. Love one another for love comes from God. And when John is writing this, he's talking about this being a habitual practice in someone's life. Like, it's not like everyone who, who loves once has been born of God and knows God, but rather, this speaks of those who exhibit a lifestyle of love, who exhibit a lifestyle of love. He's saying those are the ones who've been born of God, and those are the ones that know God. And we see this because he expresses the opposite of this sentiment in verse 8. In verse 8, he, where he sets his sight on those false teachers that we were just speaking of. Whoever does not love, right, whoever does not have this lifestyle of, of loving the Lord, of loving others, they don't know God. John's here teaching, right? If you are claiming to know God, yet don't reflect that by failure to love him or by failure to love others, you're just pretending. You're just pretending because God is love. Now notice, notice how, what that, how that is, sounds or how that is stated, right? God is love. It's, it's, it's not love is God, but God is love. Love has its origin in God, but it is not God itself. And I make that distinction because so many times, I think, in, in the culture today, you can see people, like, love is pushed to kind of the preeminent position. Like, love is just elevated up to where love is almost the highest good, the highest ideal. Like, love is supreme, love is preeminent, okay? And it is good, to be sure, but it is, it is something that comes from God. God is the one who's preeminent. God is the one who's supreme. God is the one who is, is the highest and, and, and the purest and, and, the, and, the, and the most righteous. And so God is the one who's supreme and love comes from God. When we forget that and inverse the order, what happens then is when love is pushed above God, you, what, what you can see is it strips away the holiness and righteousness of God to where then love's chief expression is just tolerance. It's tolerance for however someone wants to live, for however someone wants to act. Uh, just just we're, It's kind of live and let live type of a, an approach to it. But that's not love because there's no truth in it. That's not love. There's no truth in it. And so there's no recognition of who God is, how he's called us to live, and, and how, he, how he's called us to, to live and love and serve those around us. And so it, it's, it's off. It's broken. But when we remember, no, 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 love has its origins in God because love comes from God, then that's going to let us know that love is always going to lead us back to the holiness of God, to the righteousness of God, and to the provision of God. Now, I, I know that we get in the weeds there, and so maybe if we let it, this could get tricky for us. But John's going John's gonna to help us. John's going to keep us on point. He's going to keep it simple. He's going to keep it basic for us because, again, he's teaching us or resetting for us the, the doctrine and practice of godly love. And he, he continues by talking about how uh, the originator of love, okay, how God who created love, he's going to teach how God both uh, demonstrated or displayed his love and defined his love for you and for me. Look at how he says this in verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. How does God demonstrate or display his love for you and for me? By sending his son for us. By sending his son so that we might live. God demonstrates his love by sending his son. Okay, this is Christmas in a verse. 
This is, this is the hope of Christmas. It's why we celebrate the Advent season. It is the arrival of Christ who's been sent into this world so that we might live. And when that happens, this is God demonstrating. This is God displaying his love for you and for me that he sends his son into this world so that we might live. I also think this teaching accentuates the deity of Christ, just this language, right? We don't talk about an, another human when they were born, they were sent into this world. No, we, we, we say, you know, here Christ was sent into this world uh, so that we might live through him. I, I just think that accentuates the deity that he is, uh, was, you know, eternal in existence, uh, fully God, yet he takes on um, he takes on human flesh and is sent into this world. Why? So that we might live through him. This is another expression of God's love for you and of God's love for me. But John's not done there. He's not done. He's going to continue this thought because not only has God displayed his love for us in sending his son, but this is also how God defines his love for us. Look at it, verse 10. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. John says this is a, the, the clear picture of what love is. This is the clear definition of what love is. And, and it's not your love for God. It's not my love for God. That, that, that's an easy love by comparison. All right? He's pure. He's righteous. He's merciful. He is king of kings. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He brings so much into the relationship that, that it's easy for us to love him. Okay, now there's there's love there to be sure, but it's not the ultimate definition. It's not the ultimate example. But rather, it's when the one who's righteous, it's when the one who is perfect and holy and merciful and king of kings, it's when he looks at us and sees we have absolutely nothing that we could bring into this relationship, nothing that we could contribute. In fact, we have an extreme need that is going to cost him dearly if he wants us to be with him. It's when he sees that situation, he sees that need, and he loves, and he meets that need, and he sends his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's love, that he would send his son to be the atoning sacrifice for us. What is the atoning sacrifice? It's just a big way of saying he took our punishment onto himself. He took the punishment onto himself that was justly ours. The punishment that was due our sins, Christ bore it so that we could be credited with his righteousness. And all of this is how God defines love for us, that he would send his son to do such a thing. True love is not the affections of mortal humans it is an infinite holy God looking at a flawed humanity who openly rebelled against him and still loving humanity enough to let his son be a sacrifice so that fellowship could happen. That's true love. It's a love that delivers. It has its origins in God, and it is defined by Christ's actions. It's also a type of love that compels. It's a type of love that compels. Verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. It, it leads us towards action. We love because we are following the example that our master gave us. If we claim to follow Christ, he is our master. If he is the, the, the one that we are disciples or apprentices of, then we must do what he does, that we must love as he loves. And we have hammered this in 2020. Like this has been a subject that's popped up multiple times through our Beatitude series, um, e even through our... Uh, 
God politics in, in you series that we are to uh, be a people who love, but we are to love with a delivering type of love, which means we enter into the situation of others. We take their situation on as our own, and we love them in the midst of it, just as Christ has done for us. Okay, so, so we, we serve, we meet needs, we advocate for, we bless, we pray for, we counsel, we share with those in need. We do deeds of deliverance, helping people come out of struggle, come out of hardship, come out of conflict, and come into peace. And when we do these things, when we love one another in this way, we are loving others the way that, that Christ has loved us, and we are loving others in the way that Christ has defined for us to do so. And in this way, we demonstrate to the world how it is that Christ has loved us and how it is that Christ is loving them. In fact, look at what John says in verse 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. There is calling in this verse. There is a calling in this verse. If you're listening this morning, you're thinking, David, I want to know how God is calling me. I want to know what God is leading me to do. I want to know God's call in and for and over my life. I'm telling you, it's in this verse. It's, it's in this verse because God is calling us. He's calling you and me to partner with him in displaying his love for all humanity. I mean, think about this. Like, I mean, really, God is allowing us to partner with him in making his love complete. I mean, do, 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 we, do we grasp this? Do we, do we understand the call that, and the invitation that we've been given here, that we can come and we can partner with him to make his love complete? Now, hear me on this. That is not saying that God's love is lacking, that is deficient, that is diminished in any, in any capacity. But what you're hearing in this verse, this is God revealing his plan for his love in this world. And that plan is when God's love in us and our love for God moves us to love others with a delivering type of love that God has placed inside of us. Okay, when that happens, God's plan for love in this world moves towards completion because the church is picking up its responsibility of putting God's love on display for all the world to see. And that testimony, it's critical. It is crucial, and it is greatly needed. John here, he's, he's resetting our understanding of the doctrine and practice of love. And, and because John is letting us know this is at the heart of the Christian witness. It's at the heart of the Christian witness. And so, I mean, these five verses that we've walked through, like you could summarize all five of these verses this way. This way, love was originated by God. It was defined by his son, and it is to be demonstrated by his people. Love was originated by God. It was defined by his son, and it is to be demonstrated by his people. So it is mission critical, right? It's crucial that we love one another with the love of God in us so that his love is made complete in us as well. It's God's plan for his love in this broken and busted up world. After all that's happened in 2020, like, we need a reset for 2021. And this year, as we celebrate the advent of Christ, we're once again called back to the fundamentals of our faith and the hope and love and joy and peace that we have because of who Christ is and what he's done on our behalf. This past year, there were so many events 
that were confusing as to what do we do now? How do we act? How do we act? How do we respond? What does our faith lead us and call us to do? And in 1 John 4, 7 through 12, we see again in Scripture that we are called to love one another, showing that God lives in us and his love is made complete in us as we obey his commands to love one another. <laughs> you know, I mean, this whole sermon is on God's love and our and how we're called to love one another and be a people who are, are known for their love in this world. And you might be saying, David, this sermon has been given a thousand times by, you know, the hundreds of thousands of, of preachers. That math doesn't even add up, right? But this is a subject that comes up over and over and over and over and over and over again. And so the whole sermon, it's, it's nothing new, but it is a reminder. And it's following John's lead. It's, reset, it's hitting the reset button on our doctrine and understanding of the love that God has for us and the love that he has called us to show in this world. But the reset's needed. The reset is needed. We have walked through and are walking through seasons of depression, sadness, heartache, struggle, suffering. And when we're walking through that, we need to be reminded God loves us. God loves us. When your relationship with your spouse, with your siblings, significant others, coworkers, close friends, when those break down and are tried, and that thing that caused you so much joy and promise and hope is now an object of struggle and it is weary and draining on the soul, you need to hear again and again, God loves you. He will not forsake you. He has not forgotten you. He is not going to leave you behind. He loves you so much. He was willing to send his son into this world to save you from your sins so that you could be a part of the family and kingdom of God. He cares greatly about your trials. He cares greatly about your heartache, about the seasons of suffering that you are walking through. Sometimes we just need to come back and be reminded once again that God loves us. And so hear me when I say it, God loves you. When we see those around us walking through trials and heartache, when we see conflict, hostility, injustice, and brokenness in this world, followers of Christ, we need to realize this is our moment. This is our moment to live out our created purpose. When we see so many that are desperate to see and know that God is real in their life, we show up and we love we love one another, showing the truth of John's words that God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so as this year comes to an end, let this Advent season reset your understanding and practice of the love of God. And I believe that's a way that we can celebrate and honor the birth of our Savior who defined and demonstrated God's love for us all. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you that in the midst of all that we are walking through, Lord God, that that can be our North Star, that that can be the foundation that we start to assemble the broken pieces of our life back together again on God. We can come back and know that at our core, you love us and we are loved by you. God, help that ground us, help that anchor us, through whatever 
emotional fog we might be walking through, Lord God, help us know and let that drive out any insecurities we might be living with or walking through, that we are loved by you, that you've demonstrated that by sending your son in this world, that you've defined what that love is in and through the sacrifice and delivering work that he has done and that you've done on our behalf. And so God, may that be the bedrock that we build everything else upon. And God, may we know that because we've been loved in this way and because we continue to be loved in this way, that we too can be a people known for the way that we love. God, help us to look for occasions to put your love on display and, and bring about love's completion in us and in this world. God, help us through this Advent season celebrate the birth of your son and celebrate the hope, the love, the joy, and the peace that we have as a result of it. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.